What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 91 of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I am your host. I am the Mike. And joining me, as always, he is my friend. He is also yours. He is Costa. How are you? Feeling like we're inching ever so close. Man, we're just like crawling to episode 100. Oh, my God. Well, we know we slowed down a little bit. We're getting more deliberate pace at the moment. However, I feel like um, the motivation, what's up? I feel like next week we'll probably be like, okay, we really both want to talk about our experience playing Brothers War. Um, uh, sneak preview. We're going to be talking some Brothers War in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right. Let's get kick, uh, things kicked off with the phasing. Talk about something uh, nerdy, not magic. Um, we're going to keep this a little bit brief. We just wanted to, this week is the release of Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. Some people have probably already seen it as it's episode releases on friday i am seeing it friday morning uh, approximately three hours and 20 minutes after this podcast releases and i think earlier in the year i was like eh, yeah i'm looking for it. it's like i just it's hard for me to like because well, obviously the the big thing with the movie is the the loss of chadwick boseman it's like and how are they going to do all this and i was i Going into it, I was part of the team. They should just recast the character myself. You can still like pay homage to him, but then also not just drop this character out of your story moving forward. But then, like, I'm not. I wasn't big on Thor. Uh, Doctor Strange was. I thought it was pretty good. It was okay. And then I was like, yeah. But then the trailer started coming out, and then I was just like, but the closer we've gotten to it, the more I'm like, heck yes, let's go. Because everyone's like. Some people said it's like this feels like a movie that was from the Infinity War saga or the that saga of movies because it's just like how like in terms of like tone and like the movie feels like it has like purpose and stuff. And so I'm like, that's like the early returns. of it. So I was like, all right, I'm hyped for this. Let's go. Yeah, I'm kind of on that. Well, actually, I've always been on that wavelength for a hype level for Black Panther because I mean it's kind of funny like when the first one came out i was i was super hyped and then i had heard some other people that are basically saying like oh like people don't like it because you know it's you know for black power and this and that whatever and i was like uh maybe but then i keep rewatching it and i just keep really enjoying the direction of that movie and so now fast forward here black panther 2 um yeah with everything that's happened and with the other uh you know i guess like disappointments from the other movies but then seeing like, I mean, just like from the trailers that we've gotten, like the director from this one just seems like, I don't know, he's got me captivated. Like, I'm ready to see this. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. It looks like it's gonna be really good. And normally I don't like to kind of feed into the hype, but I kind of can't help myself. So I'm just really hoping that like we get a lot of that mixture of like cultural influence combined with the, like a really deep, meaningful story. And I'm just really hoping they do a you know, I mean, it's really hard to kill off a character um, in a way that pleases everybody. I'm just hoping that it's something that, um, you know, maybe not. It doesn't have to be epic. It just has to have a purpose. Um, and that the, the characters that they move forward with, they really do a good job of uh, selecting those characters and not just like pandering or anything. So I have a lot of expectations. I think this movie can deliver and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. So, 
Let's go. Look forward to our scores for it. Hopefully next week, uh, Coach is us to nail down the time when he's going to be able to see the movie. But hopefully uh, by the next podcast, you'll be getting our reviews for Black Panther 2. Wakanda forever! Wakanda forever. Real quick, any quick predictions you have for this movie? Uh, I predict that it will probably end up being my favorite Marvel movie of the year. Granted, I didn't set that bar uh, very high. Um, I feel like in the end of it, it's like, I think like, because they have to do something from this movie, like character, like at least one character, like moving like in towards the Avengers, you know? Because it's like they can't do the next Avenger movie. There's like no like representation from like the Black Panther part of the world. Right. And so it's like, I feel like they're going to get like this like really hardcore. It's like, okay, that was badass. And then that's going to be like their uh, Avengers um, contribution. Right. Let me ask you this. So, I mean, unless it's been confirmed somewhere else, we haven't seen Shuri under the helmet. So, you think it's Shuri, like, conclusively? Okay. Uh, Just because I also, like, all the talk that she is basically the lead of the movie. Uh, And, like, they say, like, a lot of the other characters aren't used quite as, like, like, they say it's, like, her, Angela Bassett, Mm -hmm. and um, I can't remember the actor's name. My boss would be real mad at me because he's a big fan of the actor because he's from Mexico. But uh, the guy who plays Namor. Right. Uh, like, they say that it's like, it's like really those three people's movie. Okay. And, um, and you don't think and uh, so, any other any other Black Panthers we'll see in here? I think we'll see something. But I'm starting to think that maybe it's like, they'll be like, sure, it'll be Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But the other people are going to get some really cool stuff too. Yeah. Well, That's I'm, what I'm thinking happens. Yeah, I'm thinking that Ironheart will have a small part to play, but hopefully something of meaning there as well. Um I'm I'm still holding out hope. I know it's probably not going to happen. I'm still holding out hope that we'll see Michael B. Jordan uh, brought back somehow. Um, you know, from Killmonger to redeeming Black Panther. Not holding my breath, but I am holding out a little bit of hope there. Um, especially since I'm already onto the next hype thing, which is Creed Three. Uh, the trailer came out, and I instantly had to go back and watch like Creed Two just to like get into the mode. But I'm a big like. I'm a big UFC guy as far as I love watching him. I can't tell you all the, the fighters, but we have luckily we have Henry for that. Um, <laughs> it's like sitting next to Joe Rogan, dude. The, Henry is just, I feel like he's so in tune with just fighting in general. Like, I think, bar some of his um, uh, injuries and whatnot, I think he could have probably done something with it. But, anyways, uh, so yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping Michael B. Jordan will we'll see a little little taste of him. But anyways, that's kind of uh, my predictions. Well, all righty then. Let's move on to the untapped step where we talk about magic that we played over the past uh, whatever period of time since the last time we recorded a podcast. And I've basically just been jamming a lot of Explore. I'm having a lot of fun with it, trying different decks. I trained uh, like Cat Oven, Sacrifice decks. I'm like, this is too basic for me. Um, there's like so many different vi- uh, variations of like grease fang going around and that's pretty fun. It's like, Ooh, which taste are you going to get? I think the Abzan version is the most fun. Uh, cause it's also kind of like just straight at mid range. Like he's like, all right, tap my Rafine's informant to get my cat car going and choo choo. Um, but also like the, the green, white life gain ain- slash angels is also a really fun deck. 
in that format. I feel like there's a lot of like, and I'm not even talking about control because I don't really play control, but uh, I feel like there's a lot of really, really fun decks in the format. Yeah, some, uh, I, heard, I heard Abzan Greasefang like brought up a couple times because I guess people are looking to use like uh, Diabolic Intent with it, and I mean a lot of the pros are already saying like it's not going to be a big player, but it might be. So, yeah, I haven't been on the I haven't been on the Explorer thing, dude. I just haven't had time. I mean, clearly we've taken a while to uh, record some episodes, so personal lives have gotten in there. Um, yeah, as for myself, I mean, I haven't done too much uh i did try the chromatic cube a few times i haven't had much success with it i was kind of surprised but i think it's because uh i i expect it to be like uh how they do the cubes on mitko and they don't they actually change them up quite a bit to where like power levels and cards uh are really like the the way the decks play out are really different and so my decks were more value um but what i've noticed is like the big decks uh are like just like the the power level of the cards and going long in the game have been better strategies so far, or at least against me. So, um, other than that, uh, we talked about it briefly. We're trying to get together for Saturday, uh, Saturday uh, Commander like day or whatever, and uh, we're talking to some of the guys, and uh, we're gonna be trying out some lower power EDH decks. Um, I mean, we've we've kind of pitched this a few times. Um, I think we've hopefully i've kind of convinced these people uh our little group to be on board with it um because uh you know they started playing with like the 40k commander decks and uh they were like oh yeah this is really fun this is a lot more interactive and this and that i said yeah that's that's what happens when you don't put it like combos and (laughs) all this stuff in there it's not just like uh, uh ships passing in the night so Looking forward to that. I know you're building a deck right now. Um, I think my next, sorry, have one, the dungeon deck, which you liked it the first time you played it. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it a few times already. Um, I won with that deck, yeah, with just like straight combat damage. Um, and it wasn't like a big swing. It was like chipping away kind of stuff. So, so pretty fun. I did have one crazy turn where I was like, I went through the dungeons, like, not, like I like nine or 10 uh, triggers of dungeon with like double the effect on it so that was pretty crazy um so next i'll be doing the booming planeswalker and seeing if i can make that kind of a fun like uh you know lower powered deck so that's been about it for me i saw one edh deck where it was, it was that uncommon that says uh dungeon rooms trigger twice oh yeah the blue uh, one yeah yeah but it was like they said but the only dungeon you're allowed to go through is the tomb of annihilation Mm, yeah i mean that's that's just a really good way to end the game so yeah um but yeah so that'll be it for the untapped step on to the next segment which is the underplayed edh card of the week and up this week is yours truly and to be quite honest i completely forgot about it uh until costa reminded me that it was my turn and i was going through and i was Looking at the deck I was building that Costa mentioned, which I guess it's like Miria Scholar of Antiquity, but it's not really trying to do anything broken. It's like playing equipment and like cantrips, and it's just like, we're just going to play a bunch of artifacts. If I can find my Dragon Spark Reactor, that might just be our win con. But then I was going through and I was looking at some of these cards, and I was like, would any of these be like a card I think should just like go in like, if you have it, sleeve it up. And it'll make your deck better, probably. And I was looking at this one, and it was like, oh, Aetherflex Reservoir? But it didn't qualify. 
because I was like, that was the one I was going to say. It's like, you know, just just put in anything. You're already at 40 life. And there's like ways to gain life and much different decks, you know. It's, and if you're feeling spiteful, you just kill yourself and someone else and make it a one v one game. But then I was looking, uh, since I didn't qualify, I kept, I kept searching. And I finally settled on a card. I think I was like, when I looked at it, it was only at 2% on EDH rec. Keep in mind, this is an artifact, so it can go in any deck. There is nothing, no deck in EDH. This card cannot go in. And so that card I picked is Sculpting Steel. That's an oldie but goodie. For those who don't know, and it's also relevant because it's kind of in the set <laughs> that we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it is three mana artifacts. You may have Sculpting Steel enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact on the battlefield. Obviously, the first one that will pop up in people's minds would be like Soul Ring. You have a worn power stone that doesn't need to be tapped. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But then if people are doing like, say that someone does have an Aetherflux Reservoir, now you have an Aetherflux Reservoir. Does that person have a Blightsteel Colossus? Now you have a Blightsteel Colossus. Does that person have a Demir Signet? Then boom, you have an... It's Commander. People play Mana Rocks at the very least. So at the very least, is like this is like a three-mana Mana Rock that can possibly be like one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, tap for multiple sources of mana. Um, uh, so that's why I was like, I feel like Sculpting Steel could probably be in, you know, more than just the number of decks it is, which is probably just mostly just like artifact theme decks. Um, yeah, probably. So yeah. I don't know what the stats are for just the artifact decks, but I'm pretty sure it's if at two percent, it's probably too low even in the artifact decks. So huh, that's a that's a pretty good one. I didn't realize that would only be at a uh, so low usage. So nice, nice uh, thematic uh, pick. Let's go. All right, so that will do it for the little intro bits. Now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. And this is the Brothers Ward Limited Primer episode. However, this is not going to be going as our normal limited primer things have normally, because you probably would have noticed by now, it is only Costa and myself. And so this one's going to be more of a discussion. We still made some lists. Some of us put less cards on our list than other people. We have a list from someone outside of the podcast. Um, is he in Wisconsin yet? <laughs> yeah, he's in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. All right. We have a list from thousands of miles away. And so um, we're just basically, this is going to be more of a, we're going to discuss and prognosticate because normally it's like, it's like, okay, what cards are we think are going to be good in the format? This is going to be more us going back and forth, talking out through some of these cards and how we think they're going to play out in this limited format. And, um, so let's get this thing, the show on the road and uh, start off with some white common talk. So. Sorry, I was laughing as we were uh, doing that. Yeah. So I think how we'll do it is, yeah, we'll just kind of uh, read our list and, uh, and then start uh, pointing out the uh, comparisons between the two, you know, like uh, similarities and the differences. All right. Wait, this is just your list. Where the heck did my list go? Uh, just go to the uh, contestant sheet. I put them all there. Oh, excellent. Look at this guy thinking ahead. Um, Which so funny. It's not contestants today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. So for my list, I was looking at it. And the first card that I put on here was Airlift Chaplain, which is two in a white for a one-one human cleric with flying. And when it ETBs, you may mill three cards. This is going to, there's a, a, a cycle of cards that have a mill 
sum, and then you get to return a certain kind of thing from those cards to your hand. So for this one is mill three, then you can put a planes card or a creature card with mana value three or less from among the cards and mill this way into your hand. But if you don't, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. So either it's a wind drake or a three mana one, one that drew you a card. Um, and so I'm like, that seems like it's pretty good value. You know, three mana one, one that can trips. We played three mana two ones that flyers that can tripped. Um, and even so, um, you play this on curve. If you mill and you can't take anything, that means you just milled stuff that wouldn't allow you to play on curve. The more I think about it now, because you either got another three drop you could play or, a, or your fourth land drop possibly. And so, you know, that kind of also works out too. If you, whenever you're playing this on curve, and so that's why I really like that one. Plus, I was like wondering if the if the set ends up having a lot of ways that also like augment creatures' power and toughness, like uh, equipment that ends up being pretty valuable or other like auras or something. Then I feel like this card is also going to go up because it obviously has a good body for that. Next up, I had. Oh, real quick. oh are you want to keep? I was going to start yeah, talking about this. One. Yeah, I was actually going to say this is a good place to go ahead and start talking about. Um, I guess within the set, right? So we have a lot of um, between the th- the the five colors. Uh, there does seem to be a bit of uh, like graveyard matters and depending on what color you're in will kind of depend on what you want in the graveyard. Um, I of note on my list, uh, I will just say I don't have this on there. However, I went back and forth a ton trying to figure out uh, if this card should be on there. I will go ahead and say, or put the disclaimer that I didn't put the mill cards on here because um, I'm trying to see where this will go. I don't know if you should be in all the colors should have a mill type effect, especially since there's so many. I was also thinking about like decking yourself, like how relevant is that going to be in the mm-hmm. set? But um, kind of what you were alluding to, um, you know, this has multiple things going for it um, because it can augment itself or modify itself um, or it can hit your land drop. This might end up being one of those cards where um, it, it, you know, it starts real low and ends up really high. I can also see it going the other way as well. But uh, this is a card to look out for just depending on like how those mill strategies. And of course we also have like unearth and things like that too. So there's, there's a ton of strategies and different synergies uh, that will play out. So, uh, but I do like this card. Um, yeah. And so my next card I put on my list was Lauren's Escape, which is a single white mana for an instant target artifact or creature gains hexproof and indestructible until on turn. Scry one. Uh, it seems like a really solid protection spell. We over the last few sets, the value of these style of effects have really gone up. Apparently, uh. They keep printing like the more expensive removal spells also and having the like like one or two mana answer seems to be very strong and also it can be pseudo removal. Um and so yeah, I like it. Plus scrying, let's go. Value. Yeah, very much uh Temio safekeeping style of card. Yep. Next up, I I feel like this one should uh throwback to the Kamigawa uh neon dynasty when like the the best removal spell was the green disenchant i mean exiled uh fade to antiquity fade to antiquity in that limited environment it was basically a utter end or what was the what's the three mana anguish uh, making vindicate vindicate that's the one i was trying to but um yeah so disenchants in this set it's probably going to be pretty good considering there's a high saturation of artifact and artifact creatures. 
And um, there's also a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people's curves are probably gonna be topping up with those artifacts creatures. We'll see, if we get high value targets. I was gonna say, there's also a lot of enchantments. I think that are gonna mm-hmm. be. It's gonna be missed there too. But I think disenchant's mm-hmm. gonna be like right in the middle of the pack, just like Fade Antiquity was. Like you were happy to have multiple. Maybe it wasn't always correct to jam as many as you could, but I think more often than not, it'll be a it'll be a high high utility card right now i'm i'm pretty much gonna think it's probably gonna be the best removal spell in white yeah. i common i could see that pretty easily uh then last up like costa said this one's probably a shot in the dark just this is one that i want to be true more so than i think it might actually may be true uh but i put recommission on my list and i need to expand my window so i can see it where did it go Oh, there it is. One in a white for sorcery. Return target artifact or creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If a creature enters the battlefield this way, it enters with a plus one, plus one counter on it. There's gonna, there's a lot, seems to be a lot of graveyard interactions in this set. Now you said the mill cards. I know black and green specifically have a lot of ways of interacting with the graveyard. But white has like some recursion and who doesn't like an unearth that also pumps your creatures a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, and two mana seems very solid for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it's going to be a solid card. I, again, I was kind of, I was unsure with it too. Um, definitely going into this, you know, as we will go through my list, it's definitely more of the a broader approach with uh, a little more of um, not heuristics, just like prototypical cards that should do well with a few splashes of cards that are normal like disenchant that aren't normally main deckable but uh because of the knowledge that we have of of the set um what might end up being better um so i guess i'll go and start mine so it's funny enough we only had uh disenchants uh i believe uh, the same card um i have five on my list so i'll just go ahead and read them off so at number one or my first card on the list i have a prison sentence Two and a white for an enchantment aura, uh, enchants a creature. When it ETBs, you scry two, and then it's a uh, arrest. So, or I can't, yeah, it's an arrest. So, uh, enchanted creature can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. Um, this is a you know you normally with the rest especially in a set where you have disenchant uh as we're thinking is going to be main deckable this wouldn't be a great card however you do get an etb trigger so you do get immediate value off of this card i think that's kind of the big kicker here for me uh is that scry two if it was a scry one i wouldn't see it as valued but that scry two um even to slow your opponent down for a turn should be pretty solid um and then oh good did you have any comments on that or I just ended up not. Um, I put disenchant on my list, and then I was like, I feel like the white removals oh, my, might feel fairly replaceable. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like scry two. I just, I just find it weird they didn't put creature or artifact. It's like you figure it's like just that'd be the kind of thing they would just throw in a, a card for like this set. Yeah, yeah. I guess they maybe felt pigeonholed with uh, calling it prison sentence. Like, oh, my sword's in prison. Oh no! But <laughs> that could be the that could be the thing. Uh, my second card on the list, I have a Power Stone Engineer. So this is one in a white for a two-one human artificer. When it dies, create a Power Stone token. And again, I'll just go over that mechanic. Uh, it's an artifact that taps to add a colorless mana, and it can only be spent on. Uh, sorry, it it can't be spent on non-artifact spells. So still can do activated. Abilities, um, and things of that 
of nature. Ward. Uh, thank you, Ward. Yep, another another one that we that I. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because I also didn't realize that either. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a two-one. I value the Power Stones pretty highly. Um, I will; they'll either be, and I think I made the comment to you. Uh, they're going to remind me a lot of like blood tokens, um, where I think if you don't have them, I feel like if you don't have like one or like producing one here and there, I think you'll be behind. Um, that's kind of where I'm seeing them right now. Um, they also just have so much utility. It's kind of a weird stretch, but it's like um, Argivian Cavalier. I just felt like anytime you were mm-hmm. touching white, if you weren't, if you didn't have a Cavalier, you just didn't have like this extra reach or or utility, and so that's where like this Power Stone comes in. So I'm pretty high on them. Um, they could definitely pan out to be pretty pretty crappy, but um, you know, as we'll get later onto the artifacts or a lot of, uh, high CMC artifacts and, uh, this, and even if you don't pay for the high, the super high cost of it, uh, I believe you can still pay for it's, uh, the mechanic, the prototype mechanic, which means that you're getting like a, you know, two mana or whatever, three, two haster or four, four, six, six, whatever. So I expect the power stones to be pretty good. Um, I have disenchant on there as well uh ambush paratrooper uh so this is one in a white for a one two flash flyer um and then you can pay five mana to give creatures you control plus one plus one time to turn um it's kind of low impact immediately but again looking at power stones uh power stones mm-hmm. will pay for this ability and so um you it's not a you, you know i was making kind of a connection here that i shouldn't have and i think other people might do that it's not reducing the cost in the sense that you know having like three power stones means that it's two man and i can repeatedly do it you're gonna probably only trigger this once maybe twice depending on how many power stones and, and like mana you have up but still the fact that it reduces that to enable other you know combat tricks or whatever it's still pretty good so even reducing this down one time to like two mana and then doing some other type of trick is going to be i think pretty good um and because it's a colorless ability um that means the power stones if you have five for whatever reason it's a essentially a free pay so um and then my fifth card phalanx vanguard one in a white for a teaching human soldier with vigilance whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under control phalanx vanguard gets one known to on a turn this card just seemed pretty pretty solid to me because um anything i've noticed like the two drops of vigilance if they're able to attack uh into the board they just seem very solid as we saw with like the banelish soldier or whatever it was the one three uh that had an enlist um and this is a two two and there's a lot of like x twos and lower there's a lot of x threes and lower so i think this is going to be able to get in solidly each time and again just making those little power stones here and there are going to be uh, a pretty nice buffer uh for the family's valent guard yeah two mana two two vigilance is just like fine on its own plus it has more upside yeah i'm bigger on the power stones however i think like uh, i feel like the payoff for them is actually going to be in blue because i feel like if you're just thinking them as ramp then and for like certain spells and then also like you said like i kind of discounted the ambush paratrooper i was like whatever so oh but yeah power stone shards yeah forgot about that um i think so whenever we get to blue i feel like there's gonna be like more like you interact with them in a more powerful way maybe right uh once we get there um so that's why i was like I feel like power stone engineer. I feel like that's the kind of thing you want though. Is like where it's like more incidental power stones. 
mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, all right, this card is like, you know what? The two mana, two one. You never be like super excited to play it, but it's fine and it, it's fine in a limited deck. Um, but so like just having the like the just like oh yeah, and you'll get a Power Stone token. And I was like, so I feel like that's the kind of uh, Power Stone interactions you're going to want to have, as opposed to like I'm just going to have a deck that makes as many Power Stone shards as possible. So I think we're both in agreement then, because I also am in the incidental camp. I don't think I put I don't think I put any of the cards. I know there's like a green one on the like off the top of my head that just makes three and like scry mm-hmm. three for five mana. That's not on my list because that's not incidental. Nope. That's more of a focus. Um, so I'm definitely in that same camp with you, which is why I go back to like the blood uh, token kind of example where uh, a lot of times it was incidental. Like there were cards that made it. Um, and then making those cards better, but I wasn't going out of my way. Just kind of like, oh, this made it in there. It just so happens that I had a blood token strapped to it. Now that was a little different too because of the way the mechanic worked. It helped feed some of your vampires and whatnot. But yeah, all to say that I I think the incidental is going to be the name of the game here, and it'll and it'll allow for some crazy things later in the game, um, or even just early on where you're playing your bigger prototype artifacts uh and your opponent's gonna have to decide okay do i take a turn off and do this or whatever so agreed before we move on uh, what do you think of warlords elite which is the two and a white for a four four human soldier uh but as additional cost to cast a spell tap two untapped artifacts creatures and or lands you control so it's either like it has like weird uh convoke and improvise or you can just make it a five mana four four i was trying to compare this one to like the the modern six mana oh okay oh the i was thinking the six mana guy from the previous set uh where it got cheaper based on the number of creatures you have um but he's a four four vigilance uh like how how quickly could you get that guy out like kind of like this one so i think Uh, if we go back to what we're saying about incidental i think i think maybe early on you'll see some of these powered out but that's kind of a cost where like don't get me wrong like the power stones aren't going to be something where you're going to always actively need them but i just feel like that's a small thing you're so essentially you're still paying two mana for a four four great but what did it cost to get there so i think that's kind of a drawback i also think that if you're tapping the power stones that means that you're not using them to enable other things on that turn which again if you're trying to like if you're if the name of the game is speeding out big hitters that's fine but I just don't think that's where it's going to be. Uh, also, the comparison to the Phalanx, whatever, um, it, the Argivian Phalanx is that that is a passive thing. That's much more passive. Like, the, mm-hmm. like in Limited, you're actively playing creatures. Here, you're not actively playing Power Stone, yeah. so it's not going to passively get there. I also feel like this, one, this card desperately wants a keyword on it yes absolutely like if it just had like vigilant you know if it was like yeah with the vigilance mm-hmm. i mean first strike would first strike would make this card be insane yeah, it'd be really really good <laughs> oh that's true because it'd be oh wait as an additional cost so yeah no no oh this card i forgot this is an additional cost so yeah you're still paying so you're still paying yeah. five mana essentially for a four four if you use two power stones yeah no this card is just but nah. I, I'm not you could also do like equipment uh and like other stuff there's like other artifacts too you could you could um, i'm just thinking in the terms of like the yeah. power stone right i think i think in their head it was like you went like one drop two drop like if you were lucky enough to curve out then boom here you get a four four on turn three but 
I could see like if you're like a hyper aggressive deck, maybe you'd want to like. But I feel like on the whole, like this will end up not being one of the better white commons. Yeah, if you're if you're committed with like another card that we don't have on our list, like Survivor of of Coralis, which is a one uh, mana, it's a one white one one first striker, one and a white exile it from your graveyard and you scry two. Like if you're just like hitting really low with these and and pulling that out, sure. But I'm just not convinced that this is like. I don't see the speed with these cards. Mm. And so I think that's why I'm not convinced on Warlord. And then when you compare it to some of the artifacts we'll talk about later, you're like, there's better stuff you could be doing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So do you just want to go like keep going with white hit uncommons and then go by color by color? Yeah, that's cool. All right. All right. So white uncommons. The, the first one that I put down was the great desert prospector. All right. So when I first read this card, I was like, that's really meh. Because it's four and a white for a three-two. So that's when I was like, okay, the rest of this card better be pretty freaking good. And as a human officer, when ETBs create a tapped power stone token for each other creature you control. And I was like, hmm. And I was and I feel like I we just talked about the more incidental ones versus the ones that are all in. But I feel like there's the opportunity because this does come down pretty late. So say you have four creatures. You basically went from five mana to 10 mana on turn next turn, and you can drop like the full value of all those dudes. And so I feel like if that's kind of your game plan, uh, then boy, howdy, let's go. There's also some, like if you're playing this with like a blue deck, I think that there's some blue synergies with the power stones that could help you out as well. And so I feel like, if you are doing the power stone thing, then obviously this is a card you want. But I feel like pretty much every deck's gonna be playing the big artifact creatures, and I feel like this is gonna be a way to like really get the full value out of those as well. So maybe it's not one of the best white uncommons because I'm talking about how it helps other cards. But I feel like this could be a really good support player for a bunch of other cards and just make all those other cards so much better. Next. Uh, you want to keep going about that one? Yeah, I was just going to say that, uh, yes, I, I also thought about it too. I, I will say that um, kind of a admittance, I didn't get to look at the rares and mythics. Normally we don't really talk about them on the primer, but this is one of those edge cases where since Power Stones um, are, are I th- we both agree, are going to be a player, just not uh, you know an active one or like we're actively seeking it. I'm sure there are plenty of artifacts in the rare slot that are easy to hit. And so I'm just trying to think like, yeah, I think this is really good. And depending on those rares or mythics, uh, this could easily power out some of that stuff. Um, and I also went back and forth with this card. But regardless, there are some things um, that we didn't talk about in the commons. Uh, but I, I meant to bring up with the uh, the Phalanx Vanguard is like, if I have that out there with an empty oh, board yeah. or something and I drop this out or whatever. And, and that's, that's a really like unicorn or Christmas land, whatever you want to call it scenario. But there are scenarios where like, you know, you just have your opponent in a spot where they can't really do anything about this. And so you make a bunch of uh, power stones. I mean, that's like X amount of damage added to just that card. I mean, there's other cards that are going to care about ETB triggers for artifacts. So this does have some nice big uh, splash potential for sure. One thing I just realized this is each other creature, and I'm like, that's kind of disappointing. Just drop yeah, this on. That's a hard one. So yeah. That's that might that that might actually be a legit downside to this card. Yeah. Uh next up, I put static net, which is three in a white. When static net enters the battlefield, exile target null and permanent opponent controls until static net leaves the battlefield. When it ETBs, you gain two life and make a tap power stone token. So it's removal, makes a power stone token. 
the thing it removes does not go to the graveyard, which is probably going to be a big deal here, and which is another bonus of the card that you mentioned uh, earlier. Um, it does die to disenchant, um, but you still have like the power stone token and the two life that you got, so you still get some value. And yeah, it's going to happen in the set where like this or the other thing's going to be disenchanted, but I bet it doesn't happen like all the time. Uh, like when people started running Destroy Evil in the previous set. Um, and so, yeah, those are the two that I chose. Uh, yep. Let's go through yours. So I also had, <clears throat> sorry, as I eat my uh, granola bar here, I also had Sadak Matt. Yeah, you basically you hit all the, the points, like I said about the um, prison sentence, excuse me. Um, you get your immediate value. So, and it's just a catch all. So. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, my other two cards, since I had three, um, Lauren, Disciple of History. Um, so uh, three mana, sorry, a four mana, three, three, human artificer, so three and a white. Uh, whenever Lauren, Disciple of History, or another legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, this is all a grave digger ability, and the fact that it could trigger multiple times was... Um, pretty high for me um and then we're gonna see a lot of uh the prototype uh artifacts in games and so bringing them back out later like maybe play them for their prototype cost and then bring them back later for their full value uh will be a, a very common strategy so pretty high on the on lauren um and then repair and recharge so kind of going back there are in the other colors um, you're able to discard cards from your hand, like in the blue and black. Um, so discarding one of the prototype uh, artifacts and then bringing it back later. Um, oh, I should probably read this card. Uh, three white, white for a sorcery. Return target artifact or enchantment. Uh, sorry, artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Create a tap power stone token. And so, um, yeah, the artifact you're looking for is a creature more than likely. And she's going to be one of the big guys. And so, um, and you get your, your value from it with the power stone. So, um, it is suck that it doesn't target creature, but again, I don't see a world where artifacts aren't your uh, target. It, there will be a lot less um, when you're just talking about the straight between creature and creature artifact. So uh, uh, there will be less target to aim for, but because there's a lot of like self mills type of effects in this set, um, I don't see why this card won't be uh, at very least good like a you know like a c plus level and i can see this card being easily you know a high b so um <clears throat> anything about those cards uh, lauren maybe you had some opinions on yeah like lauren's pretty good uh four mana three three is fine and then basically draws you a card essentially uh, it's probably something of higher value uh probably maybe a creature that died in the first three turns or so like i can see you like attack like swinging out on turn four, they like block and trade with your creatures. Then you play this, get that artifact creature back or something like that. Um, one of the scrap work creatures, maybe that'd be pretty good. Um, so I like that one. I'm, I'm kind of a wait and see mode on repair and recharge. Um, five man is a lot. You're basically almost there already. Um, also with, uh, because you cast this, you can't use power stone shards to cast this. So, like, say you already have like two or so mm -hmm. on your turn five, you're also you're, you're already at seven mana for those like big artifact creatures you'd be getting back with this. But if it ends up being a real player in the set, I wouldn't be surprised. 
Uh, quick question. How many planes do you have to have in your deck for you to want to run Lay Down Arms? The single white mana for a sorcerer. Oh, it's a sorcery? Oh, this card sucks. Exile target creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of planes you control. Its controller gains three life. Uh, Exile target creature with mana value less? No, I mean, I, I would say... Oh, wait, how many planes do you want to run in the deck? Yeah, how many planes do you have to have in your deck for you to want, want to run this card? Um, ooh. Now that I'm looking at it at sorcery speed, yep. you're probably looking at like you're probably looking at, at the full the full nine. So you have to be on yeah. the, the higher side of white. Um, wow, sorcery speed—that's interesting. I thought this was an instant the entire time since they revealed it, and I was like, "Oh, they're giving us a swords this kind of a thing," and then it's like, "Nope." Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. At least the nine. I mean, and it may play out that you actually don't need that. Um, tokens might have something to do with this. I don't really know, but huh, yeah, that's uh, that's a little disappointing. Uh, and then uh, Calamity's Wake, solid uh, sideboard card there. One white exile all graveyards. It's instant, but also players can't cast non-creature spells this turn, and you have to exile it. Yeah, they'll have they'll have uh that'll have some edge cases. I think it's more of a constructed card. I do like the art; it's pretty good on it. Actually, I meant to bring up uh I didn't I, I teetered between uh repair, recharge, and recruitment officer, uh, mm-hmm. simply because uh I, if if the low power or the low curve uh decks archetypes are a thing, this card is going to be the forefront. So it's a just a single white mana for a two one human soldier. Three and a white activated ability. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among, uh, sorry, a creature card with many about three lists from among them and put it on, into your hand and put the rest in the bottom of any order, or sorry, in a random order. Uh, so Power Stones, um, you're looking at like end of turn, maybe doing this a couple times because at four mana, that's kind of low enough. Um, yeah, uh, pretty solid there uh, to look at four cards. So, uh, this card, I could easily sneak up on the list, especially if, if that ar- archetype goes up pretty high. So I feel like if you like cast this on turn one and your opponent doesn't cast a creature till turn three, you basically feel like you've won. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, because hitting for two, at the very least a couple times. It got, it got in for like four to six damage. And then it's also just basically me drawing you cards from then on. Yeah. It feels pretty good. Absolutely. All right. On the blue. Oh, if that was a oh. question, if that was a question, then yes. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you were leading the way. <laughs> All right, on to blue. All right, so this one's. I feel. Like, I feel like I'm not myself when I'm put together this list. My number one, I put Mightstone's animation, which is three in a blue for an enchantment aura when it ETBs draw a card. Oh, you have to enchant an artifact. I apologize. An enchanted artifact is a creature with base power and toughness four four in addition to its other types. So I feel like if you have enough of the um, the incidental power stones, that okay, this is basically just a four mana four four that uh, draws you a card. Trust me, and, I like, went back and forth with this card a lot. The only thing, you know what, I, I feel like maybe, so I was trying to compare this to the, the Pizza Rock from like the M set where it was like a 5-2 for, I can't remember if it was four or five mana, but I, or, but I think that's where I got hung up. So it was like, all right, this seems good though because like you just said with like the incidental power stones drawing card cycling itself um yeah i think this card's gonna be super solid and by targeting power stones it's like you don't really get you can't really get goozled in the way you normally do with like auras like this where if it targets a creature because like they have to have they have to have like specifically disenchant uh, in order to really get no, and then they, they, have, they can bounce it 
Oh yeah, because the the bounce is normally impermanent, right? The mm-hmm. bounce in the set. Yeah. Um, which that's a thing I'll talk about here in a bit. But yeah, uh, yep. I, I think that was the other thing. But still, it's gonna be it's not gonna be that easy. Yeah. But yeah, so if this ends up being a player that basically turns into a four mana four four that each of these draw a card that feels very good. Next up, uh, Costa. It's like I don't I don't feel I don't feel too good. I have a Urza's rebuff. Which is one blue blue for an instant. Choose one counter target spell or tap up to two target creatures. Oh, put a counter spell on one of my lists. I feel so gross. I still don't know why so you say that you your one of your first commander decks was a mono blue counter deck. That's a, <laughs> no, my it was mono blue ETB. No, what then it I countered ran, so hard it made Shaver one run up. We played when we played uh Arch enemy or whatever. It was oh, that man. one he game. Was, he was but pissed. <laughs> you just look at me. He's like, why'd you choose that? <laughs> why'd you choose to play mono blue? But either way. All right. Urza's rebuff. Uh, I'm normally not one who likes to play counter spells and um, uh, limited, but this seems really good. I like, cause I really like the tap up to two creatures. So it's like, you can basically hold it up. If they play a spell you're scared of, you can use like, Okay. I'm gonna counter it. If not, you're like, okay, tap your two creatures. I'm swinging in with my four fours. So is it the that tap, drew me cards. So is it the tap two creatures or is it the flexibility? Because the flexibility is... The flexib- yeah. flexibility is obviously there. Yeah. If it was just one blue blue tap two creatures, like don't, not even freeze them, then I was like, oh, obviously, okay, that card's just like 23rd, 24th, whatever. Maybe not even but that. The fact but yeah. that yeah. But, um, but the fact that it's both, I'm like, Okay, that this card's gonna be this card's this card might be the most annoying card in the format. I think it could be, and I and I think it's gonna be the most annoying um, because of the flexibility. Because a lot of people don't, you know, it's it's kind of a 50-50 on you'll run into that person who plays council, but now people have a reason to play council, which means that you have to think about it all the time. Uh, surprisingly, neither, both of those cards did not make it on my list, but both of those cards, blue, I think might've had the hardest time trying to sort out. I think blue mm-hmm. has a lot of uniqueness to it, uh, but both super solid cards so far. <laughs> Looking at our list, we have nine different cards. Um <laughs> My next one, I had Weak Stones Subjugation, which is a single blue for another aura, and it says Enchant Artifact or Creature. Well, there it is on this card. When it ETBs, you may pay three if you do tap Enchant Permanent, and then Enchant Permanent doesn't untap during its controllers on tap set. I really like when they started doing this, where they basically single blue to freeze a creature, or you can do the four mana capture sphere thing. I really like how these play out in uh, Limited. So I really like this one as well. Highly. And it completes the set. Oh, I was going to say, no, high, another really solid card. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it completes the set because I had Mightstone's Animation and Weakstone's sub- Subjugation. Next up, I have Stern Lesson. Two in a blue for an instant. Draw two cards and discard a card. Create a tapped Power Stone token. So um, I also uh, I also put a draw spell on my list. Costa, this is the so most good. surprising out of all of them, I, I must say. I'm blue. I'm pretty much going to be all in on incidental power stones. And then also there's the, a lot of unearth going on in the set as well. So that there's like a situation where could this basically be just like draw two cards, make a power stone token at instant speed. Um, Cause you'll probably want uh, the way, because the set interacts with this graveyard a lot. I feel like this card could be um, pretty good. Plus incidental power stones. And I feel like I'm going to value the whole power stone thing a lot more if I'm in blue. So that's why it's like, I'm going to keep this one up there. 
but yeah, those are the ones I picked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right about blue having the most need for it. Um, so definitely valuing it here makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, uh, I had wing commando. Uh, so tuna blue for a two, two human soldier flying prowess. That's it. But, um, I play my style blue, uh, usually pairs with red, which means I'm doing a lot of like tempo, whatever shenanigans. And, uh, from the last set, I know just playing, you know, like the electrostatic infantry and things like that, where basically if I kept it protected, it just went to town. Um, and having this at common, uh, something that even while it's not a permanent plus one, plus one counter, uh, being able to add some damage, uh, also like the G2s, uh, amplifiers um this seems like a really really solid card i'm, I'm hoping also oh good soldier matters oh yeah that's right and there's a we didn't talk about that yet but yes there is a soldier matters uh it does seem to bleed blue white although i don't think it's a really high payoff i just think that it's going to have some of that incidental synergy where it's like oh this is kind of a thing awesome uh my next card was uh, Scatter Ray. Um, so one in the blue for, uh, blah, 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 where is it at? Where is it at? An instant uh, uh, counter target artifact or a creature, unless it's controller pays four. Um, so this is uh, very much a essence scatter. Um, you know, four mana is pretty hard to pay for. Uh, the fact that it hits artifacts, uh, which uh, may, you know, the artifacts that are non creatures sometimes could be highly relevant, but just the tempo of this card seems uh, really solid. Um, and so, and again, I'm kind of thinking more on the line of is it, although this can go virtually any color pair and i think pretty be pretty pretty solid so uh scatter ray was my other card um desynchronize uh so that's four and a blue for an instant uh target non-land permanence owner puts it on top of or the bottom of their library and you scry two so this is where i come back to what we were just talking about there is a non-land permanence uh removal spell um you know it is a bounce spell but you know for tokens it's a permanent removal um also the fact that it puts it on top or bottom is really nice um because it's either a misdraw or it's uh completely gone and you do get the scry too it is quite one one. do it it's a one for one right right uh but you can set up your future draws which is really nice uh it is five mana but it's an instant i think this card is going to play out pretty pretty hot in this set uh let's see my next card coilos rock uh so four and a blue for a three three bird has flash and flying and when etbs you create a create a tap power stone uh so incidental um also it's a three three flash flyer uh usually really really solid um you know we had that in uh midnight hunt uh was a spirit uh this at least provides you you know the power stone and i just think that little extra um effect that it has is going to provide that much more utility and uh power to this card and then my fifth card was machine over matter we're really back and forth with this but again looking at like power stones and uh, maybe some other tokens or just tempoing out your your opponents um i felt like this is pretty valuable it's one in the blue for an instant the spell uh costs one less if you control an artifact creature and you just return target non-empowerment to its owner's hand so just a one mana you know bounce spell 
doesn't seem that great. And I could definitely see this card not mattering that much. But again, I'm just kind of hedging on the fact that it can protect your stuff or it can remove, you know, some token that's been suited up or whatever. And so for those reasons, uh, I think this card may have some value. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if this just doesn't make it in the end. Yeah, I kind of lean there. I feel like I've been too conditioned to see the card that bounce things and allows you to draw a card as well. So it's like hard for me to pick this just straight unsummon, basically. Right, right. Um, but I, I kind of, I, I, of the car, other cards you said, I was closest to putting Coilos Rock mm-hmm. on my list for incidental power stone, and also just flying. It's right. great. Yeah. Um, desynchronize. I thought about because I really love blue cards that don't just bounce it like puts a top or bottom right uh because it's basically it is then basically blue removal not just tempo mm-hmm. um but oh, five mana i know it's instant speed but man five mana <laughs> anytime yeah, i see like, anything that's like five mana but that has scry conditioning on it it just reminds me so much mm-hmm. and maybe i'm too conditioned to uh kind of wish i remember the card i forget about it every time but the the six drop white card that makes three samurais and scries three like uh, in the late game, that just seems so great that I, uh, I, I don't know, until it proves me wrong, uh, I just feel like just having that scry to, um, you know, just, or just the scrying effect is really setting up some good draws. So, I was all in on the four mana tuck and uh, make an undying, not an undying, decayed zombie thing from yeah. uh, Midnight Hunt, but that was four mana. And so I'm kind of in waiting to see. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a really good card. Um, wing commandos just seems really good. <laughs> it's like that's probably gonna be the card on this list that kills the most people. I'm really surprised with that. I mean, I'm really uh excited about that card. I, um, you know me, like I said, I love playing is it style decks, and that definitely seems like I'll be playing that a lot. Uh, I feel like kind of feel like we covered none of the other blue commons really excited me. Um, I mean, having surveil on curate now is pretty good, yeah, uh, pretty cool. All right, blue uncommons, yep. let's go uh my number one i put uh i'm actually gonna switch them i have i'm putting urza power stone prodigy which is two and a blue for a one three legendary creature human officer with vigilance that can pay one and tap it to draw a card then discard a card there's lots of things in the set that want to be in your graveyard when you discard one or more artifact cards those cards happen to be artifacts create a tapped power stone token this bit triggers only once each turn um Noted that it doesn't necessarily have to be off his ability. It's just whenever you discard a card. Um, this is going to be a Power Stone engine. It's also going to like help you filter out because it would also just get rid of extra lands if you need to. Um, the fact that this thing has Vigilance is hilarious to me because I don't feel like I'm ever going to attack with this. But you have the option. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is going to be a blue uncommon that has the most... Um, becomes an engine and becomes basically like like the powerhouse of your deck like the mitochondria is to the cell also just think it's great that like after one activation it could possibly just a, it could be essentially a free looter where because mm-hmm. that power stone is now powering it to just uh loot which is always extremely powerful um yeah i think this card like i'm kind of glad that this un like this could be I don't think it's going to be the best uncommon, but the fact that it's going to be high up there in a set that's about Urza um, and Mishra, even though they've done a kind of, I feel like in a way kind of a poor job of like representing Mishra, but still like uh, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool flavor to this. 
Uh, next up, I have Zephyr Sentinel, which is one to blue for a 2-1 human soldier with flash and flying. And when ETBs return up to one other target creature you control to its owner's hand, if it was a soldier, you get a plus one, plus one counter on it. Um, says up to one. You don't have to. And But also, it's a good way of like saving your other creatures if they're being targeted with removal spells. And you get to buff this homie. And so, but also, if it was just a two-mana... 2-1 flyer, this thing was going to be really good. But it's a 2-mana two 2-1 two flyer with flash and other upside. This is a... I had this at number one because I feel like if we're talking about like in a vacuum, this is better. But I think in the context of the set, Urza might edge it out as top blue in common. But yeah, those were the two I chose. I think even in a vacuum, it's hard to say that like in a vacuum vacuum of like take away the looting ability from that card, <laughs> then maybe, but... I think just the, the pure fact, like looters are always powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, like, I also have those two cards on my list. Um, so I have one more. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, a 2-1 flyer we always kind of revert back to. Uh, but I, th- I think it's because we don't get the opportunity to play with looters that often. Um, that That's why I think, I think Urza is going to really remind us why they don't make free looters a lot um like i said it's not totally free but it's it, it almost is after an activation you can have two or more zephyr sentinels on the battlefield at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah it's not <laughs> legendary <laughs> fair enough fair enough you can daisy chain them fair enough <laughs> you can play return or play return i don't know why you do that but you can yeah yeah um so i have those two cards so my third card uh i've been really impressed with these effects as of late this is a take flight so it's a four mana uh, enchantment three and a blue enchant creature enchanted creature gets one oh and has and flying uh and whenever it attacks draw a card um i think i've been i think i'm leaning more towards these cards now simply because the protection spells have been a lot better because we have these tamio uh safekeeping style abilities where the creature is getting hexproof or if they're getting indestructible like uh <laughs> both me forgot the name of the card for some reason but the one in a white uh take up the shield um i just i i you know this is giving evasion this is on attack so it doesn't have to connect um there's just a lot of things uh where this is really nice um I mean, I can see a world where I put this on my Urza. So now that Vigilance is really relevant, uh, there's a lot of cool things. I'm not saying it's, you know, well, no, I am because it's on my list. I'm saying that this card is going to play out a lot better. And I think it's going to do a lot more things that people realize. Um, Plus, I just love drawing cards. So Mm -hmm. Uh, if you take flight to stick, it's going to win you the game. Mm -hmm. But getting it to stick is going to be the thing. That's why I put it beneath. It, It would be my third card. Um, probably followed by like Thopter mechanic, like a two mana two one that dies into a one one Thopter, mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, but I feel like we're gonna have to give out another new award for this set because splitting the Power Stones like the worst uncommon I've ever seen in my life. Really? That card sucks. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's the. War. I've I've seen some bad cards. Three mana sorcery, two and a blue, as additional cost to cast a spell. Sack an artifact, create two tap Power Stone tokens. If the sack Artifact was legendary. You get to draw a card. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's great. I just like. I mean, I guess it's high up there. We'll, we'll have to. We'll have to go back and see. 
Divine Gambit. <laughs> I still think I, I still think Divine Gambit is is not great, but yet I I mean it still exiles a creature. Just might give him a free one. But this could I mean honestly this this might be the Divine Gambit of the set though. I, if that happens, I'm gonna eat my own shoe. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, we had another utility card in here. Uh, the defabricate one in the blue for an instant, choose one counter artifact or enchantment spell. If the spell was countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into the graveyard, and then counter target activated or trigger ability. I can see this card doing some work simply because it's going to be similar to your um, whatever Urza's, whatever uh, Urza's rebuff, right? Where um, it's going to be in people's decks because it can hit artifacts and that a, a you know occasional activated uh, or triggered ability is going to come through um so it'll be interesting I, I i i'm curious to see how this card will play out but um anyways move on to red or uh black um yeah i bet some people are going to be really trying force forging the anchor that's pretty funny um all right, on to black as I adjust my screen for it. Or, oh, I went too far. There we go. All right, number one for me, I have Carrion Locust. Oh, I'm still on Uncommon. Uh, Carrion Locust is two in a black for a 2-1 Insect Horror with flying, when it ETBs, exile a target card from an opponent's graveyard. If it was a creature card, that player loses one life. Um, it's got a graveyard interaction set. This exiles a thing from a graveyard. It gives you a two-power flyer. That's pretty good. Um, next up, I have Overwhelming Remorse, which is four and a black for an instant. The spell costs one less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. Exile target creature Planeswalker. So it's not unrealistic that this is basically going to be four mana exile target creature planeswalker vraska's contempt at common again um without the gaining two life part uh because i doubt like you have to wait till turn five if you want to cast this or need to cast this um so i feel like this is going to be the best black removal spell plus it exiles even more value there Next up, I have Thraxodemon. One to black for a 2-2 bear. So, well, it's not bear. It's a demon. But a 2-mana 2-2 bear. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Three and tap. Sack another creature or artifact. Draw a card. Um, don't want to interrupt Koso as he's currently snacking. But I, I believe this is a reprint. Please just shake your head yes. Or is this... He is unsure. Uh, it might be a reprint. It might not. Because those are the only two possibilities that exist. But yeah... Um, being able to sack Power Stones for cards is pretty good. Being able to tap the Power Stone to pay this and then sack the tap Power Stone to draw a card seems pretty good. Oh, listen to that ASMR we got going on there. It is not um, a reprint. If you're on Scryfall, you can click on it. I am on MTG Goldfish. <laughs> um, no, it's not a reprint. But um, we've seen this ability before for sure. Power yep. Stones make it better. Yep, power stones make it better, and having those that value of your two drops later in the game is going to be helpful. And then after that, it got harder for me, but I ended up going with Gixie and Skull Flayer. That's what she because it was the most fun. Uh, what was the most fun for me to say? Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, or oh, oh, I jumped ahead of myself. Two in a black. 
for a 2-3 Phyrexian Human Assassin. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are three or more creature cards in your graveyard, put a plus one, plus one counter on Gixian Skull Flare. Um, yeah. Uh, three mana, two, three is just all right. I'll, it's not good. It's not actively terrible. But then it just, if a creature, he just gets bigger every turn later in the game. So, yeah, I think it's one of those yeah. passive abilities that it's just going to get annoying where you're going to see and be like, my opponent has this and a few turns until it starts becoming an actual threat. Um, and then they remove a couple of your creatures you're like, oh, man, and this thing's like, you know, four or five or whatever. And you're getting clogged. So, yeah, it's I, I like, again, when we're talking about like the the passive or the incidental, this is an incidental ability, just having creatures in your graveyard. So, um, yeah, it also made it on my list. Um <laughs> the carrying locust made it on my list. Um, did you have? Oh yeah, of course. Overwhelming remorse. Um, Surprised to see disfigure on here. So I, this is actually a good one. Um, what was why? Why was that on, on there for you? It's good. It just didn't excite me. Okay. Man, a lot of it's like a lot of the stuff in the set is kind of weaning, mm-hmm. and then or straight up enormous. Yeah. Um, I can see that. And so it's like lots of ETB. I mean, I, I'll I'll run all of these figures I draft. That's a good. So why card. is it on your list? <laughs> it's at number five. Boom. Okay. okay, fine. There you go. Yeah, because for me, I see it as as a combat trick. Because remember, like it, you know, yeah, it, like your two prototype creatures, prototype, prototype creatures are hitting each other, and then, oh, I have a disfigure, and now my wins and yours dies, like, or it kills a small thing. Uh, so I'm pretty high on disfigure, but um, I'm always high on, on one mana removal spells. Um, and this one is, like, I think a cut above the rest, usually. And usually this thing's like uncommon, so a common's pretty, pretty sweet. Um, and then... I went back and forth with this one. So uh, Gix's Caress, two and a black for a sorcery. Target opponent reveals our hand. You may choose an online card from it, and they discard it, and it makes a power stone. This is one of those in the middle of the uh, passive, but also because it has it tacked on there, it's playable. Um, so my thought process is this. Um, yeah, there's a lot of unearth. There's a lot of, like, creature and graveyard matters or whatever, but... At the end of the day, you're still taking their best card, so they have to actively use that card, and you still get a power stone. So I think for those two reasons, I think that's why I was uh, a little bit higher than normal on this card. This is definitely not like put 10 of them in your deck and win. This is like you want to have probably at least one, and that that one is going to be almost useful all the time in any scenario. Um, and so that's why I had Gix's Caress, but I could also see this card kind of falling off as well. It'll just kind of depend on what ends up really happening with these like unearth and creature graveyard matter stuff. So, uh, I'm just not super excited about playing hand attack and limited, but the power stone might make it worth it. One card that I think might be slept on a little bit. Because the more I think about Emergency Weld, it's basically a two-mana, one-one version of Gravedigger. Because it's a one and a black for a sorcery. Return target artifact or creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Then you get to make a one-one colorless soldier artifact creature token. So it feeds artifact synergies. It gets back artifacts. It's not just a straight-up raise dead for two-mana at sorcery speed. I'm, see- I'm choosing to see it as uh, half a Gravedigger 
in terms of power and toughness and mana cost. <laughs> that also gets back artifacts. You so. know, that's wow. I don't know why I didn't think of it that way, but I think when you phrase it that way, huh? Maybe that should have just been number five for me because yeah, exactly. It is a grave digger. It's an artifact. It's. I think the fact that I saw sorcery on there, mm-hmm. I think just didn't. I didn't put two and two together. But no, uh, you might be right. That might. Uh, let's put it this way: we we slept on it because <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. on our list. But you know, other you know more enhanced minds might have already seen that. So huh, good call out. Oh, I like that card. All right, let's move on. Also, shout out to another uh, cool card named Ravenous Gigamole. Um, uncommons. So for me, I have a number one gruesome realization. One black black for a sorcery. Choose one. You draw two cards and lose two life. Or creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Um, that can be pretty devastating. So it's not just straight like infest. So it's not minus two, minus two. Imagine how insane this card would be if it got minus two. Uh, minus. This card would be very <laughs> high on the list. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's still pretty good. Uh, doing it post combat when they 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 did all the meticulous uh, min maxing blocks, and then you're like, all your creatures still die. Uh, is pretty cool. Or if like they don't have cards to die this, you just get to draw two cards. And that's pretty all right. Next up, I have Gurgling Anointer, which is two in the black for a 1-3 Phyrexian Horror with Flying. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on Gurgling Anointer. When Gurgling Anointer dies, return another target creature card with mana value less than or equal to Gurgling Anointer's power from your graveyard onto the battlefield. Uh, normally, I'm not huge on the whenever you draw your second turn, uh, second card each turn kind of spells. But the more it's like, it's like, there's the Urza. There's a Mishra we're going to talk about later. Uh, so you have two looters in the set. There are some uh, incidental like, looting effects. Like, there's multiple of the artifacts that allow you to draw an extra card each turn as well. And even getting like one more counter on this, and then you have a two player flyer that when it um, dies, as you get back a two drop or something like that. Because it just needs like one counter for me, I think, for it to be really worth it. And if you get any more than that, then this card gets pretty good because it just allows you to get something else back whenever it dies. And so that's why I, I have that one up there. I feel like it has, it's not, it won't be too difficult to really get it going. And then if it really gets going, then it might just win you the game. Yeah. Um, that's actually a pretty good point. You know, I was kind of trying to, I was, I was looking originally. Uh, I guess another admittance here is we're recording a little later than expected because my internet went down. I was supposed to go make, I was supposed to make my list earlier in the day. And then because I went golfing, came back, internet wasn't working and spent like four hours doing that. I didn't have time to go do, be more thorough or as thorough as I wanted to be. Um, so I didn't get a chance to look at all the drawing cards, but just the fact that we've named out like Mishra and Urza and all this stuff. Yeah, there's probably a lot of ways to trigger these drawing second card abilities. And so I definitely can see uh, those cards, especially this flyer, getting uh, pretty out of hand. Um, however, some of my list, Gruesome Realization is, uh, again, the flexibility is really the key driver here. Um, but I also like drawing cards, so uh, which I was surprised with you again, choosing another draw ability, but I, I think you also see the value in the uh, utility here. Um, 
for my other cards, uh, go for the throat, pretty easy. Uh, you know, yeah, that's like I think someone tweeted out that it's like fifty percent or artifacts or something like that. It might be a little bit higher or lower, but so um, it's you know until proven wrong here. I think it's gonna be better better in your hand than you know not in your hand or not in your deck. Um, I think it's gonna kill very meaningful things so pretty excited about go for the throats uh oh yeah it's a one in a black for an instant destroy target not on a creature this is a reprint from new phyrexia uh and then i had battlefield butcher two in a black for a one four five tap it each opponent loses two life and this ability costs one less to activate for each creature card in your graveyard um this is very easily you have a power stone uh three creatures in the graveyard even two creatures in the graveyard two mana deal two damage uh, with the one four body seems super solid uh so like one actually passive uh um ramp if you will uh with the other pseudo passive being the power stone i just think this is really solid and if you have multiple of these <laughs> your opponent's going to be drained really fast um so i'm pretty high on this card i uh poor tree he sent the list and we haven't actually gone over any of them uh <laughs> i will say he's he's like been the middle of both of us um he put dream uh dreams of steel and oil on here the reason why i don't bring this up this card or why it differs from the uh gix's caress is because uh yeah you're choosing an artifact creature and you're making them discard it but it also exiles it uh you know that is highly relevant to me uh because it's getting rid of the unearth or any other recursion effects so i wouldn't be surprised if this card ends up being a little better than what we're seeing i think just for the the sole reason that it does exile is a little bit better um or it could be better um like the trade-off is like two mana uh but no power stone versus like getting the power stone and and kind of doing the same effect so anyways kind of shout out to that card yeah, if I had a third card, it'd be Battlefield Butcher. Battlefield Butcher. I feel like I like the card. <laughs> I like it a lot. However, I feel like at least once I'm gonna like first pick a corrupt and just try and go all in on mono black. Yeah, that's another good shout out. Normally, let's put it this way, and because uh, I believe this is a uh, yes, it is definitely a reprint. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in all the in all the um, core sets, this is always a high value card for me uh, because I just try to force like mono black here. I don't know how well it's going to pan out. I, I imagine it might not be that hard, um, but we'll have to wait. All the colorless it. cards. <laughs> yeah, all the colors cards could really help Corrupt, and so maybe we're just sleeping on Corrupt. But, uh, yeah, like I was very fringe on it too, but I've, I, I've had met yeah. much success with this card. So I feel like you had to be mono black, though, for this to actually work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do, I mean, six mana to deal four damage and gain four life. It's not that bad. It's not amazing, but that's a that's a pretty good what's, floor. What's the MDFC? Oh, the uh, I know what you're talking about. It does like it's six, it's a six mana, and like they like take three, you gain three, and something else happens, right? Uh, from the it's just a, it just drains each opponent. Um, yeah. I think it's like six mana. It might be six mana deal no, four. I'm not yeah, sure. It's I think it's deal three. I think it's six mana deal three. Oh. Yeah, but it's also a land, so you know whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, all righty on to red and as for moi that is not my list uh i number one i had excavation explosion two in a red for a sorcery deals three damage to any target 
create a tapped power stone token. All right, creates power stone token. Cool. Any target. I don't care about the sorcery anymore. You could just like straight dome someone out and end them, or you can just like kill a creature. Yes, and that allows you to pay like a five mana artifact on your next artifact creature on your next turn. Bob's your uncle. This card seems really, really good. Lazily, um, I think this is the best common on the side, but it's really easy to pick up three damage that gives you power mm-hmm. stones. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, I had Bitter Reunion. Uh, one in a red for enchantment. When an ETB, you, have to, you may discard a card if you do draw two cards, and then you can pay one and sacrifice it to create in creatures you control gain haste until end of turn. I got kind of on a kick about the whole, it's like, oh, if you discard cards, it can be basically like you um, didn't really, because you have unearth and stuff. And so I've come down off that a little bit, but I still feel like this card could be pretty good. It's like the thrill of possibility, tormenting voice of the set with even more value because um, the one mana be able to give all your creatures haste might actually end up being pretty relevant as well. And the fact that it stays on the battlefield, so you like storing it, like you don't have to mm-hmm. do it the same turn you want to discard. You're like, okay, I did that ability mm-hmm. and then later down the line, mm-hmm. my nine mana, whatever, whatever now has haste. So no, I think it's a pretty good, obviously I have it. And you can, and you can pay power stone to yep. pay for it. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, next up, I have Mishra's onslaught and that one, is three and a red for an instant. Choose one. Create two colorless soldier artifact creature tokens or creatures you control get plus two plus O oh until end of turn. So it's either uh, like uh, not uh, what's the stupid goblin spell or rally whatever. The it makes two token. This is the card. It's like you want to have like three or four of them in your deck. I think like this is like you have three or four four drops in your deck and they're all Mishra's onslaught because it's like. They, they feed into each other. It's like, all right, this, all right, I'm going to set up make two one ones. Swing out with my six creatures. Cast my others' Mishra's onslaught. Too bad. I think it's like Goblin Wizardry or something. And too, I mean, like, too bad oh. they don't get some kind of buff. Because, like, that was, I mean, I have this on my list too. But that was the thing that made that card so good. It was like when you played the second one, they got bigger and you mm. made two more. But yeah, no, I agree. Well, when you do play the second one, they do get bigger, <laughs> but you don't get two more. But uh, I was trying to think of the just like like dragon fodder or something like that. It's like dragon fodder and trumpet blasts like stapled together. Right. At instant speed. Um, but yeah, I feel like this card's going to be like, you're like, okay, do they have it or do they not have it? Oh, do I block or do I not block? And then it's like, I just feel like this card's going to be pretty good in the set. Uh, and then last up, I have my other good friend, Penragon Strongbull, which is two and a red for a two, three Minotaur. One mana, second artifact. Penragon gets plus one, plus one until end of turn and deals one damage to each opponent. Basically, in my mind, this says all your power stones have sacked this artifact to deal one damage to your opponent. And if you're able to get like five or six power stones, that might be a bit ambitious to think of like on average, but still because they can pay the, the cost themselves and then you just sack them. And I'm just, and plus this thing gets bigger and can attack afterwards too. That basically, if you're doing anything, like if you have any number of cards, not any number of cards with power stone on them, like if you have one, then maybe it's not worth it. But um, I feel like this is a real strong payoff for the power stone deck. So this is where uh, I, you know, 
an hour ago made started making the rest of my list and so this is where i'm gonna probably say a lot uh oh I sh- that card should have probably been in there if, you know if i read a little bit faster yeah pentagon Pen- strongbowl oh it's gonna go so nice with the card on my list <laughs> <laughs> yeah this card is really good dang it i should have i wish i'd read this card <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll move on to my list because uh, that was yep. the last one, right? Yeah. So uh, we had Excavation Explosion, Bitter Reunion, uh, and Misha's Onslaught. However, I would have uh, cycled that off for uh, Pendragon uh, Strongbolt um, because I have Goblin Blast Runner. It's a one mana, so just a single red mana for a one two goblin, and it gets 2 0 and gains menace as long as you sacrifice a permanent this turn super great together now granted like you want the blast runners early but there's there's plenty of times where like you'll have these on the field you'll sacrifice your power stone or whatever and uh you know you're dealing at least one damage if they have one creature then you're getting another three so that's four damage and then you know whatever if the pentagon trades or whatever uh yeah you did a lot of you did a lot of that turn i can see a lot of things happening so uh i think i think the goblin blast runner is going to be pretty solid in that that go low strategy um and then my fifth card was a dwarven forge chanter so it's just one in a red for a one three with prowess but also has ward pay two life uh like this card because the ward causes your opponent to lose life which is usually what you want to do in red anyway um and then you know if you can you can blow them out with combat tricks and uh just keep getting in there so um I'm always a fan of prowess. Um, I think it's always a strong, a very strong mechanic, and I don't see any reason why this won't play out. But yeah, pentagons might be super sweet, man. Especially if you're able to make just so many power stones. Ooh, they're and they're now. This is where I'm like, okay, I will play cards that just play power stones just so I can sack them because I have things to do with my mana later on. Yeah, that seems seems hyper dope here that's crazy because like the power stone sacrifices itself and pays the one mana so you just get to like machine gun it out which is really yep. solid yeah that's sweet uh penrian stronghold seems like the card that's most like an uncommon to me mm-hmm. in terms of the comments i was like if this was an uncommon i wouldn't be shocked um yep a couple other thing uh, f- uh in terms of like names um unleash shell I was like, all right, that's pretty funny. Which <laughs> yeah. is, it's the three red red for an instant deal five damage to target creature or planeswalker and two damage to that permanence controller. Fine removal spell. But then also, all right, raise to the ground. Two and a red for a sorcery. It can't be countered. Destroy target artifact. If its mana value is one or less, draw a card. Why is this not a stone rain? It's raised to the ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, maybe because it's. I don't know. I, I know. I know. Watsy doesn't like doing a lot of uh, land destruction type of things, mm-hmm. so that's probably why. But I mean, if its value value is one or less, I mean, destroy a land, draw a card. So they have to like change that a little bit because <laughs> that that would be actually really, really, really solid. Actually, oh my god, that'd be mm-hmm. really good. And pioneer, oh my god, we'd actually have like a land destruction deck. I think because of that, so. That's probably why. <laughs> I, I'd be like, destroy target artifact or land. If you destroy an artifact this way, draw a card. Yeah, that's an easy way to fix it. But I don't know. I kind of like to draw the card because he destroyed a land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're getting toxic over here. Yeah, that's like that's like throwback days of magic, and like, uh, but it fits though because this is an Urza, you know, saga style of, uh, f- uh, theme mm-hmm. going on here. So that would have been absolutely perfect. So, anyways, yeah. Um, uh, tree had one more card that 
I just wanted to mention uh, the whirling strike. It's just we've seen this before. One in a red for an instant. Target creature gets 2-0 and gains first strike, but also gains trample to end a turn. I can see this being a very, very solid combat trick because of the, the trample. Um, so that could easily rise in the list here since uh, I feel like combat tricks have become mm-hmm. a little more prevalent uh, as of recent. So He also had one other card that we didn't talk about, and that was Tomacool, Tomacool Scrapsmith, which is the red common uh, mill card. Two and a red for a two on human officer when ATBs you mill three and you put an artifact among them into your hand or else it gets a counter. Mm-hmm. I started, I saw valuing them when I saw the rest of them didn't really have keywords. Because mm-hmm. I, not, and so I was like, the, if like, the why one had to have flying? Right. And I was like, so, um, if not, it's like, oh, hey, this isn't worth it. And like, none of the other ones had keywords. So that's why I was like, I'm less up on those. Yeah, that's that's disappointing. Also, this one does three. I think some of them may mm-hmm. do four, and it's only the cards that you mill. And that's the, uh, we hadn't really talked about this in a little bit, but that's also why I was a little bit harder on these cards. Was like, I mean, would they be too good if you could just pick out of the yard after you milled? Sure, but uh, man, yeah, that's that's what's kind of hard to to figure out how these cards are going to play out. I, I imagine again, I think we may be a little undervaluing them, but I think they're going to be edge cases where they're good, not in every deck is needed kind of uh, strategy. So, All right. On to uncommons. For me, at number one, I had Obliterating Bolt. One red for a sorcery. deals four damage to target creature or planeswalker. If that creature or planeswalker would die, this turn exile instead. So it's strictly better Lava Coil because Lava Coil didn't hit planeswalkers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yep, and Lava Coil would still be pretty good today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next up, I have uh, maybe a like, pet card. I just want to win the game this way. Uh, Pyric Blast. Three and a red for an instant as additional cost to cast a spell, sack a creature. He does damage to that sack creature's power to any target. Draw a card. Um, I, I wouldn't have somehow just like when it like, attack, it connects. All right. Now I'm gonna cast this, sack it, dome you out, and finish you off. Um, so like I, I, the only reason I mean this card is really solid. Um, I, I just anytime fling's been the format, I just haven't been able to get it to go. Maybe it'll work pretty well here, um, especially mm-hmm. with the pair as well with one of my cards. But uh, I, that's the only reason why I was like, eh, it might be a trap. But this is definitely a mica card, uh, doing you know mirrors outriders type of things, whatever. So. And I just continue to re- read a different card. We'll talk about after your list, mm-hmm. um, but uh, share yours. Yeah, so I have a blurring bolt. Again, I was hastening through a pretty easy, lazy way of saying, yep, removal is really good. Uh, giant Cinder Maw, three and a red for a four, three with Trample, uh, Dinosaur Beast, and players can't gain life. I think this card is going to be absolutely solid. Uh, four threes with Trample. I mean, Red used to be the, oh, man, I got like a three-mana 3-3. Three, three. I was on top of the world. Uh, now they have Trample um, and also can't your opponents can't game life. That's just a really nice upgrade, like super solid upgrade, in fact. Um, and then my third card, uh, Mishra. Um, we talked about this card, but two in red for a 2-1 uh, legendary creature human artificer has haste. Pay one, tab, discard a card, draw a card, and whenever you discard one or more artifact cards, add red, red, and then only uh, triggers once, so you can't like 
doing crazy infinite stuff with this card uh at the very least it's a, it's a three mana two one haste is actually what i see the value in here um that body um isn't the best but it is good enough um and the fact that you can uh, rummage um and do it for free not off of this card but just the power stones in general uh seems solid enough to where i think this card is still highly valued Was uh yeah was it arm, uh, arm it's, uh, <laughs> uh i want so people are gonna try and force that in this set um but uh, it's hard for me to get excited about mishra's because like adding red red to me is just isn't as good as getting a power stone token yeah that's why i said it's the the haste to one body and the rummage yeah. that are the strict things i'm looking at that little red will come up once like the the ramp will come up every once in a while but it's not going to come up much and then i feel like if i had to pick it'd either be giant cinder maw because that card's just like just so solid at three uh or horn stone seeker which is one in red for the two two uh lizard with menace when etbs you make a tap power stone however whenever it leaves the battlefield you have to sack a power stone so you don't get to keep it it's only as long as he's around you get to have that power stone but Oh, two mana two two that just with a keyword that just makes a power stone seems it's gonna be really good yeah the red <sighs> the red uncommon is really good too also sardian cliff stomper uh <laughs> that's that's honestly gonna be pretty strong it's a two mana zero four minotaur barbarian and as long as it's your turn you control four more mountains it gets xo or x is the number of mountains you control like so they did a they did a smart thing by like your threshold has to be four for it to get an attack buffer mm-hmm. but like it's stone walls for a little while and then uh later on it becomes uh just a solid beater seems pretty good like uh i wouldn't be surprised if this card climbed up the list because of that so uh it's also going to be a thing where it's like i'm gonna first pick pirate blast and then second pick that and just force mono red mm-hmm. um but then also all right let's talk the fall of krug four red red for a sorcery choose target opponent destroy target laying that player controls so they didn't want to do stone rains. There's a stone rain. A six mana, but still a That's stone. That's why. Uh, <laughs> six mana. <laughs> the fall of crew does three damage to that player and one damage each creature they control. I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, monster Swiss bears in, in the set too. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christ's been killing people. Uh, on to green. Yep, on to green. All righty then. All right. Me at number one. I have. Gaia's Gift. One in a green for an instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature control. It gains reach, trample, hexproof, and indestructible until end of turn. All the keywords. Um, I thought this could just end up being like the green removal spell. Since it's speed, it saves your creatures. It makes your creature permanently bigger. It could also be like, all right, I block your ginormous creature that doesn't have trample with my one one. Oh, look, my creature is now even bigger and has trample. Um, so yeah, guy's gift seems like it's like the the better version of the. I mean, obviously when we were talking before cast, uh, it doesn't give lifelink. What's the what's the Take stupid the card? Take up the shield. Um, and lifelink is relevant, but reach trample and hex proof seems like it might make up for it. I'm uh, pretty so. I'm pretty high on lifelink. I, I will say I think that mm-hmm. there is a significant trade here to that, but I think. Mm-hmm. Adding the extra keywords, um, I think, will be efficient enough to make up for that. So, yeah, I, I agree. 
All right, next up I have Shoot Down, which is three and a green for exile target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. Um, so if uh, Fade to Antiquity was Vindicate, this is basically Utter End. It's four mana, it's sorcery speed, but it's going to pretty much deal with all the things that Disenchant can deal with, but plus a few more. It is two more mana, but it also exiles. So I'm like, shoot down might be the next kind of like green removal that I go for. Uh, it might, I could see it falling down just because it's four mana. But I, think, um, I actually think it'll fall down simply because it's sorcery. Like the four mana is not even the issue. I think it's just the sorcery at, at four mana, right? It's like, okay, if you drop it down to fade, then it's fine at three mana. But yeah, having both four and, and instant or and sorcery stuff. Next up, I have gnarl root paul bear and that is four green green for a five five tree folk druid with trample when the etb's target creature gets plus x plus x until end of turn where x to the number of creatures in your graveyard uh i feel like it's easy to see this like all right drop this my all right what's the stupid red card that we talked about the all right i get my giant cinder maw plus three plus three yeah or plus four plus four mm-hmm. and swing with that um I've, it seems like it does something the turn it comes down and then afterwards it's just a really big beater and I think that is really pretty good and I honestly don't believe that I actually wrote down this last card um, that um, that I put on here I was like <laughs> did I honestly put this because um, I, I wrote down a wasteful harvest which is two and a green for an instant mill five cards I mean put a permanent card from among the mill cards this way here so it's basically like green strategic planning uh you look at the top five pick a permanent put the rest into your graveyard um why isn't it just phrased that way they just want to put mill on cards <laughs> pretty much well no technically 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 the card did hit your graveyard so it is like mechanically different but does that matter um I'm actually. I don't think this card's very good. I'm like. I don't know. Maybe it feeds the it feeds the green black strategy of like wanting stuff in your bin. Um, Maybe you were just in a hurry too. Who knows? <laughs> could be. I. I. I uh, uh, shh, don't don't tell my boss, but I was doing this at work. Um, well, here I'll, I'll I'll jump in and maybe, maybe yeah you jump in and save this segment. <laughs> so, uh, we had guys gift. Um, and Naru Paul Bear on uh, on our list. Uh, so uh, Argothian Opportunist. Uh, this is Toon Green for a three-two. So three mana total for a Human Scout when it enters the battlefield. Create a uh, tap Power Stone. Uh, incidental. It is more of a stretch because it's a three-two for three mana. So not really the going rate for green cards typically, but just that little extra Power Stone synergy I think will make the cuts. Um, hoarding recluse so where you think shoot down is good enough i think hoarding recluse might just be the same thing in a lot of ways um it's a uh, four mana three and a green two three spider with reach and death touch and when it dies put up to one target card from a graveyard on the bottom of its library so this plays uh two ways uh you know 
removal of the creature on the field and if it had like an earth you can kick it out of there or if there's another card in there that has an earth you can kick it out of there so or just whatever whatever you feel like might be a target for some type of recursion uh whatnot so it just has like a lot of like 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 that little incidental quote-unquote exile graveyard type ability is really nice um and then epic confrontation uh this is a reprint uh, I believe it's a reprint because it's was punching a bear before, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Um, that was from Strixhaven, wasn't it? Uh, no, this is from uh, Dragons of Tarkir, Master 25, wow. Mystery Booster. So this is one in a green for a sorcery. Uh, Tarkir control gets plus one. I think Mage's Duel. Yeah, Mage's Duel. Uh, gets plus one, plus two until on a turn, and it fights Tarkir Duel no control. Uh, just a solid little buff in probably removing uh, your opponent's creature. So um yeah um let's see did he have anything different he had Bl- blanche wood prowler on there uh so that one is a one three for that one one uh elemental when it enters the battlefield mill three you put a land card from one of the mill cards put it into your hand if you don't put a plus one plus one so another part of that cycle um yeah there wasn't a um, green giant growth in the set oh yeah giant growth is in the set it's funny. It actually, the art is very much what I expect from back in the days. So it's kind of a good callback to there. Yeah, green was kind of tough for me. Um, I don't know what it wants to do, but whatever it's trying. I, I'm I'm actually really sad about the null root uh, Paul Bearer. Like, it it may not be as good as what we think it's going to be, but the fact that it's like a five five trampler for six is like still good enough in my opinion. I just hope it doesn't get bodied too much by like the other, like that. I think that was the hardest thing for me was like, okay, how often are we going to see the bigger versions of the prototype artifacts? And if so, is it, or is Paul Bearer going to get bodied? So, yeah, green was like one of the more least, um, least exciting colors for me. Mm -hmm. Like I like our go thin opportunities, like three minute, three, two, make a power stone. It's cool. But then it's like also like meh. Yeah, I want to be. I want to. I want. I want that in blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, yeah. We'll see how that one plays out. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. super on it, but I just also think that it's. It's probably going to be enough potato or carrots or whatever to to make the cut. Also, when you compare it to the rest of the green commons, it's still up there. Yeah, um, and that's what it, I think. Why it made the cut is like comparing to the other ones. It was. It was. I think green's going to have the most subjectivity. I think green will will play into other archetypes very differently with the exception of like pairing with red which which is what it always wants to do which is like beat down excuse me super hard so all right let's talk about five different cards because we had five different cards for our uncommons okay uh, <laughs> all right me at number one i have seventh steel seeker which is one to green for a one two human officer scout when an artifact enters the battlefield under your control look at the top card of your library if it's a land card you may put reveal and put it into your hand if you don't put that card in your hand, you may put it into your graveyard. So essentially, it's an explore, but it doesn't get bigger. Um, yeah, that's why I was really sad about this card, but still good nonetheless. Yeah, I, I, it's like it draws you lands or it gives you gas, or if it's like you look at the top of your deck and it's like a card that's like entirely irrelevant, you can sh- ship it in the bin. Um, so yeah, I like that as a strong value green two drop. And then I just went straight at mid range, and we're going obstinate Baylaw three print two green green for four four B CTBs. You gain four, and then also if a spell or ability opponent controls cause you to discard it, you get to put it into the battlefield instead of the graveyard. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if obstinate Baylaw fell off as like more like synergy stuff 
happened. However, looking at the rest of the green uh, uncommons, it seems like it's still going to be just more varying kinds of like mid-rangey things, not synergy things. Yeah, because what is the synergy here? Like, it's just the gain for life. So it's not like... Well, I'm saying like it's it doesn't really have synergy with anything. Mm. It's just like a good card on its own. Yeah. But yeah. then when I look at the rest, like other than Siren Steel Seeker, I was like, all right, synergize with artifacts in the artifact set. Mm, um, gotcha. The rest of them, it's like I don't really see like, all right, Gaia's Courser had uh, creatures in your bin. Okay, that just happens. Mm. It's not really synergy. I don't think. I mean, there's cards that mill in the set, so you could say that, but it's still like not like okay. Oh yes, this deck's really coming together. Um, Plus, I'm a dingus. I also I, I read that over and over again and didn't click. Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, so yeah, it has multiple triggers. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of thinking back. I was like, this card like is good, but it's not like amazing. Now I think it's a little bit better than good, so it still doesn't get bigger. Sorry, that was. Yeah, I thought it was an ATB. Yeah, I just saw like literally explore on there, so I was just kind of like, mm -hmm. yeah, but no, that makes sense. No, I mean, I think it's still going to play up. Yeah, I mean, I said it was a good card, and I think it will be a good card. Um, yeah, Bayloth. I'm I'm really just curious what made them put Bayloth in here. Not that it's a bad card. It just it really felt like they're like we want to reprint a card and we want to downshift it from rare to uncommon. What mm -hmm. card can we do that with? <laughs> Opposite Bayloth. So, um, yeah, for my cards, uh, which surprisingly uh, Tree has two of them on here as well. Uh, Alloy Animus. So one green mana for a one one uh human druid and you can pay two and a green until end of turn to our non-creature artifact control becomes a four four artifact creature um so power stones can play in or can uh feed into this but remember if you're tapping the power stone then it can't be the attacking or defending creature but that's okay because paying three mana to make a four four still seems pretty good uh until end of turn um so i really like that card audacity is one green mana for uh an aura enchant creature um enchanted creature gets 2-0 and has trample and when it is put into the graveyard from battlefield draw a card so it is not rancor but it does a good impression of it uh, hmm. so i'm i'm pretty excited about this card i think this is just be solid as a beater and then I had Gaius courser four and a green for a four five centaur soldier when the courser attacks if there are three or more creature cards in your graveyard draw a card I can see this go two ways. I can see this card never getting to attack, and so therefore it never gets to draw a card. Also, uh, there could be uh, people could be playing enough like graveyard hate to where uh, you can't trigger this, or you just don't have the creatures in there naturally, or it's just going to be a really good card. <laughs> so um, that's not saying much. Uh, I guess every card has a 50 50 chance, but this one is like literally the 50 50. Because uh, again, you got to keep thinking about like how much bodying are you going to get bodied by these prototype artifacts um and yes yeah, i mean tree also had seren steel seeker on there so uh i think we're on the right track here like blanchwood armor um shift up to uncommon it's whatever i mean it's like performed decently in the past but I don't know. I'm just like, I can see monocolor being a thing and that's maybe where we're heading is like more monocolor strategies, but until I actually see it, I'm just not as big on it. Um, the Falaji excavation is one of those cards we were talking about. It's three green, green for a sorcery. Uh, you create three tap power stones and uh, you gain three life. Um, like I said, they're, 
there may be some strategies where that's like a huge thing for like the artifact ATBs, but I'm definitely not going on my way to get something like this. I mean, five mana to do nothing is, you know, a high cost. I guess I could pay six mana to do nothing. That'd be good. Uh, <laughs> Watsy just wanted to make a point. Like people always like to crap on how bad healing salve is, especially when you consider that it's, it's part of the cycle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like, all right. And people always like to complain about, oh, we're, we're pushing green too much. Well, you know what? We're giving green healing salve. But not only that, we're going to make it cost five mana. There you go. That's exactly what they're thinking. And then we have Bushwhack, uh, which now we've just talked about all the green cards, but whatever. Uh, just one green mana for a sorcery. Choose one. Search for a basic land. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Or target creature you control. Fights target creature you don't control. I went back and forth with this card. This might end up being better than I than than I'm thinking. But here's what I think it's going to play out. If this is a monocolor set, then who cares? Also, you're probably just going to choose the fight more than anything, which then means it's a one mana fight card, which is a strict upgrade to prey upon that's awesome mm-hmm. um but uh still nonetheless it's prey upon so hard to actually say where this is gonna end up yeah it's kind of hard to see because i feel like most people are just gonna want all the like artifact prototype things at the top of their curve so anything that costs like more than four mana it's like hard for me to that's why i think like maybe gnarlback doesn't actually do it all right, maybe guys, of course, doesn't actually do it because people are just going to be like, all right, we're ramping to these giant artifact creatures. Right. And speaking of giant artifact creatures, let's move on to artifacts. So, this was a unique point of discussion. And so, I feel like this is big. I don't really care about my list because it was like, this was hard. Because, like, there's they are artifacts, but they have color pips on them, not like the in the top right. Some of them have them in the middle, which is the new prototype mechanic, which is basically an alternate casting cost that allows the card to come out with with the same text box with an alternate power and toughness. Usually it's just smaller. Um, And so, man, this was hard to do. And so. So for my list, I would say, but I feel like we're going to get into a bunch of these giant cards. I had supply drop at number one because it's one, a hilarious card. But two is I feel like it's also pretty easy. So it's like three mana flash. ATB's target creature you can control gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. And then later on you can pay four mana tap and sack it to draw a card. Um so I'm like it's a combat trick. And then also like eventually cycles itself, plays into your artifact synergies. Um what was the artifact? Oh, I can't remember the set, but there was one that was a, it was an artifact similar to this when it ETBs it pumped your creature. I think it gave it first right. I can't even remember. Uh, oh, you're talking about the yes. You're talking about in. Um, I think it was in Akoria and it was. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking. Oh no, it was, a, it was a knife. Yeah, yeah, it was a knife. But I can't. Was it Akoria? Yeah, it gave plus one plus no, one. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Akoria. It was. Oh. Yeah, but it is a knife, right? And it gave plus one plus one. Yeah. Right. It gave the first strike until on a turn. Um, Anyways, yeah, I can Maybe see it. Like, maybe. Um, but either way, uh, I can see like it's like you 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 just don't expect the supply drop. Um, although it's not as good. Uh, next up, I have the first one of the unearth. So each color gets their own little unearth artifact creature, and they all start with scrap work. No, I lied. Three of them start with scrap work. Um, I have scrap work. 
Which one is it? I can't Rager. see my thing. Rager. Rager. Yeah, I don't know. Rager. Which is four mana for a 2 2 Phyrexian horror artifact creature. When it ETBs, you draw a card and lose one life. So it's Phyrexian Rager, but four colorless mana. However, you can also unearth it for three and a black. Uh, four mana, 2 2 that draws you a card is just fine with no color requirements. That uh, like smooths out your. Your uh, your your draws, pips and all that. Your yeah. draws. It's good. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty good. Next up, I put Scrapwork Cohort, which is uh four mana for a three ones that ETBs. You make a one one. You can also unearth it for two and white. Just lots of bodies, lots of artifacts. And then next up, I put Stone Retrieval Unit, which is four mana for a two three ETBs. It makes a power stone. I feel like that's gonna be the one more than that. Whenever you're doing like the power zone thing, you're like, it's not an exciting card, but it's gonna like really feed into my strategy. So I'm just gonna take a bunch of these. Yeah. So we have the the rager. Um, is that it? Yeah, that's it between us. <laughs> Funny enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I on my list, I have Misha Juggernaut. Uh, it's a five mana five three with trample and attacks each turn uh, or each combat if able, and has an earth five and a red. Uh, in the past, these have played out pretty well. I think they've been, I think they've been four mana usually. Um, so a five mana one is a little bit bigger, but it has trample, which is pretty nice. Um, so I can see this card. Uh, again, be one of those 50-50 cards where it, you're going to probably want one a lot of times uh, or you're never going to want this card. But uh, either way, like six mana to like uh, potentially deal five uh, mana uh, instant or a haste is uh, pretty high upside. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like this card. Uh, surprisingly, or actually not surprisingly, uh, Tree has this on his uh, list as well. Uh, blah, 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 blah. energy refractor. This is my kind of card. Two mana, do nothing. <laughs> two mana artifact. <laughs> when ETBs draw a card, and you can filter uh, by paying two to add one mana of any color. Um, which is really nice because this card, uh, you take your power stones, filter the mana, and now the mana is usable. So kind of cool. Uh, I like that. And then, um, what else do I have on here? Uh, scrapwork mutt. So this is the uh, blah, 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 blah. two mana two one uh, when it enters the battlefield discard a card if you do draw a card and it has an earth for one in the red. Um, this is nice because this is like the two mana two mana card that you can put in any deck and whenever you need to do the rummaging you're able to do it. So I just thought this was like really universal. We didn't pick any of the prototype cards, but I think it's because we're just waiting to see like how they're their own thing they they really are their own thing um they're powerful uh we Mm -hmm. i think we both can admit uh i think it just will be more of the subjective side of it of like okay what color are you in black or can you touch black cool then you can do this this and this um so i think it looks like yeah basically she agreed with both of us there so um first thing uh energy refractor is going to go into um my uh Lower power to EDH thing because I'm playing Media. all those two mana. Are, yeah, um, I'm I'm calling the deck medium medium Miria. Um, She's just very medium. But all right, so let's get into the, like some of these like prototype things. All right, so I just realized that there's two green ones and no white one, at, and the common ones, which I'm like interesting. Wait, there's two green ones and no white one. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep, yep you're right. Okay. Yep. All right, so. For one, uh, let's just run through. We have Blitz Automaton, that's seven mana, six four haste. 
artifact creature contract, or you can prototype it for two in a red, in which case it's a three two haste. We have Boulder Branch Golem, seven mana, six five, when each means you gain life equal to its power. We're going to pay three and a green for a three three. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have Death Charge Colossus, nine mana for a nine nine, but it doesn't untap during your untap step. You have to pay three mana to untap Death Charge Colossus, or you can pay four blue blue for a six six. And then we have Goring Warplow, which is six mana for a five four Death Touch. Or you can prototype it for one in black for a 1-1. One, one. That one's, like, really good. Um, then we have Rust Goliath. 10 mana for a 10-10 Reach Trample. Then prototype it for 3 green-green, and it's a 3-5. I think that one's, like, the best one mm-hmm. by design in terms of, like, okay, I have a 10-10, I want to beat you down, or I have a 3-5 body that protects me. Like, the the diversity dichotomy mm-hmm. the difference between the two i think it was like a, a super solid because like goring warplow is like awesome but it's also just like mm-hmm. it's a death toucher so like if mm-hmm. it's it's since it's a five like if it was like a five six that's a lot different but it's a five four mm-hmm. also it's like a tremor too which i kind of really dig that style mm-hmm. um yeah like i think these are really uh i mean i think these are gonna you're gonna see a lot of them um I wouldn't be surprised if like the Blitz Automaton becomes uh, highly. Bring me a three-two ace. This good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think that one like at the prototype cost is probably the best. Um, mm-hmm. You could make an argument for a one-one Death Toucher, but I mean it's just an artifact. Uh, or sorry, it is just a Death Toucher, but the artifact is more relevant. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I like Rust Goliath because th- people just like Mammoth Spider. Mm-hmm. And that's good. And then it's like you get later in the game, you have like six lands, four power stones, 10 10 reach trample. Do you have a removal spell? No. Okay. On to the next game. And it still has uh, trample, so you can still suit it up. Like yeah. it's not, it's not, uh, yeah. you know, you put the, what is it, the Blanchwood armor on there. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I think the blue one's the worst one. So I actually think uh, so. I think the blue one's the fifty-fifty card. I think the blue one is because you have power stone, so you can untap it. The the part that's I guess are you are you saying it's mad because it's like six mana for a six six, or is because of the end? I feel like there's like six mana six six, and then it's just it's just downside. The other ones just seem like they're upside. I, yeah, I mean to be fair, like it's the most do nothing or the least mm-hmm. amount of diversity between the two, um, because you're looking at three mana, which power stones pay for these anyway. So it's like three mana versus uh, for like the difference of three power. Yeah, it's it's the least variance or whatever difference, and so I can see that. I can see it being the, the crappiest one, but man, six sixes still hit pretty hard. So, yep. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like the, how creative they're getting with design. I kind of like the whole prototype thing. Shout out combat courier. Um, if you're in blue, just a one mana one, one, and you can sacrifice a draw mm-hmm. card and you can pay what, like four or three mana again to do that. Like just like two draws on it. seems pretty, it's like, I think it's gonna be good enough for certain shenanigans. And then we have aeronauts wings, uh, two mana equipment that equip creature gets uh one and flying and has a quick cost of two. We like these type of cards, mm-hmm. uh, thieves tools type of evasion and getting in there. So, but yeah, and we didn't even talk about the Urza workers cycle. We did not, but I will mm-hmm. say, I think that's just more, I think they did a good flavor here. I mm-hmm. don't expect them to do a ton. That's my personal opinion. 
There's going to be some nerds trying to force it, though. It might be us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, Let's finish thing with Uncommon. All right. So I was looking at these. There are some cool cards here. And eventually I was like, my number one, and I'm going to say it's not even particularly close, especially whenever I went back and reread a different card. Mm-hmm. But then it's also kind of different because the other card had a color pip on it. So it's like, all right, these are kind of, but the just in terms of like pure colorless can go in any deck. Mm-hmm. Levitating statue. Two mana for an artifact. It has flying. It's not even creatures. It's just an artifact. Two mana, with, two mana artifact that flies for no reason. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. But you can pay two to have it become a one-one contract artifact creature until end of turn. So it's basically myth realized, but better. <laughs> uh, it flies. So, and, but also because of the whole animating thing, it basically can like dodge most most of the time sorcery speed removal. It turns out if you're just using it to attack, it dodges all sorcery speed removal, mm-hmm. uh, except for shoot down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But then it just it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. Uh, you only re- I feel like you only really need one counter on it for it to be like a very serv- serviceable card. Like all right, two mana getting for two in the air, yada yada yada. If it gets bigger than that, then it feels it's probably going to feel really good, especially because like power stones and all that. Right. And so I feel like this card might be up there in terms of like uncommons that just straight win you games. And then uh, next up, I have the, in terms of, this is just like pure colorless, obviously. Our Gideon Avenger, six mana for a 5-5 five, five artifact creature shapeshifter. One mana until in turn, it gains, it gets minus, minus, minus one, minus one, and gains your choice of flying, vigilance, death touch, or haste. Um, I feel like most of the time, this is basically going to be a four, uh, six mana that attacks like a 4-4 four, four flyer in the air. And then situationally gets other things. There could be other uh, cases where you have like just like seven mana and you get like, all right, here's a four for haste. But um, I feel like this card might be pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I didn't get a chance. The, this one I definitely rushed through because I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, there's so many edge cases. So I chose, I yeah, I fell straight to Levitating Statue. Um, my other card was Reconstructed Thopter. Just a three mana, two, one flyer with Unearth two. Uh, pure colorless can go to any deck. Um, I look at it as like two mana deal two damage in a lot of cases um so unfortunately i don't have any really good solid uh out of the box ideas here but i will just say that you know we have some we have some decent things like uh spotter thopter uh it's a four five for eight mana but if you pay three in a blue for its prototype it comes a two three it enters the battlefield scry x where x is power like super solid there i think it's like better on the prototype side um Mm. than anything um yeah like uh this is where i think the uncommons are gonna really dictate some of these decks um and i can't wait to see these tomorrow can't believe this already tomorrow no so all right steel exemplar five mana four four artifact creature wizard with trample when it enters the battle it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on unless you two or more colors of mana are spent to cast it. So you have to cast this thing for Wooberg for it to be a six six trample. Wooberg is that correct? Six six trample. Sorry, I it ATBs with two plus one plus one counters on it unless two or more colors. Oh wait, no, that's mm. I thought I was reading two or more of the same color. So you have to pay 
It has to cast it for one color for it to be a 6-6 six, six trample. Oh, I read this wrong. I thought it was two or more of the same color. Um, eh, maybe. Um, so the card that I thought was Haywire Might, which is one mana for a 1-1 one, one artifact creature insect. When it dies, you gain two life, and you pay green to sack it. Exile target non-creature artifact or non-creature enchantment. I just skipped over the whole non-creature thing, and I'm like, this card is insane! Oh, dude, yeah. That, this card is so good. This card's bananas. And I, I was at work, just, I couldn't get over it. And then I was like, wait, non-creature? This card sucks. Well, it doesn't suck. It's just, it's just not, I mean, well, not well, good. compared to one mana <laughs> exile something, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah. In terms of, like, other, like, prototype, we have Falaji Dragon Engine, eight mana, five, five flying, that has, like, two mana, uh, it gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. This is like still hell. It's basically like still hellkite then, but uncommon and lots more mana. But I guess we'll prototype it for two in red. It comes out as one three. We just have cradle clear cutter. So this is talking about like Gaia's cradle, right? That's the nod that the yeah cradle clear cutter. That's why I kind of see it as yeah. six mana for a three six taps that amount of green equal to its power, or it could be two in green for a one three. Um. This card's actually really cool. Combat Thresher. Seven mana for a 3-3 three, three double strike when the ETBs draw a card or you can prototype it for two and a white. For a 1-1 one, one double strike, the ETBs draws a card? Yeah, that's, that's pretty solid. Um, another blue one, the Hulking Metamorph. Nine mana, 7-7. Seven, seven. When ETBs enters a copy of an artifact or creature you control, except it's an artifact creature in addition to its other types and its power and toughness are equal to its power and toughness. Or you can prototype it out for two green green and it's a three three uh so a weird little clone thing um it's not super exciting but I, I just can't see the shenanigans you can pull off with it right now we gotta, gotta get some games in for me to see it yeah no, uh, i'm definitely looking forward to just games here because mm-hmm. I, I know there's just so many things uh so many other things that we're missing and we don't have chrissy d on here i'm pretty sure chris would have just gone bananas on telling us everything that could happen here um but yeah no i uh dude i mean i think it was a little more hyped about this set before i'm not as hyped but i think ultimately this is it looks like it's gonna be a good draft set you think you you kind of thinking the same thing i think i i've kind of liked the cards Mm -hmm. i i'm not sure just like these cards in a vacuum of like, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is going to be an incredible draft environment. Right. But for me, I just like, you have to remember the, what are they called? The stupid old art old border artifacts they are putting in. Uh, did they give them a specific name? Oh, <laughs> like, like, yeah. Archives. yeah what's called? Yes. That's right. I did forget about that. I'm glad you brought that up because that will change the landscape. <laughs> Cause that was the one thing I liked about Strixhaven mm-hmm. was the mystical archives. And it, it was also the one thing I it was like, why did I, of course I didn't play around Urza's ruinous blast. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um but I feel like with like artifacts, it's like okay, like you know, worry about like this instant or whatever. Until someone just drops a worm coil engine on you and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's gonna be the feel bads, but also I think that's the thing, like you said, it's gonna be the lure here because the car I will say the cards aren't exciting as far as like, oh man, I can't wait to play like this card until you get to the rares and mythics and those cards. So mm-hmm. that's right. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I can't wait to report on this. 
All right. Well, we've been going for over two hours now. Is there anything else you want to talk about the format before we get out of here? No, nah, nothing else. And of course, uh, you know, no uh, quick picks today. I promise to get them at some point. Just been extremely busy. But uh, as always, uh, you can see us at Junior's Comics and Cards located on Manchac and Slaughter. Uh, yep, we are capped, unfortunately, for tomorrow night. But it's okay because you'll be listening to this in the morning and you probably have already made plans. But you can still come by and say hello if you want uh, or get some Commander games on Saturday. If you're in Bastrop, uh, Forces of World Gaming, still there, still doing great. Uh, still, you know, at this point, they have a pretty solid crowd. So if you're in the area, I just check with them, especially on Facebook, to see what kind of events are running. And uh, if you need some competitive pricing and, you know, want to veer from uh, SCG, or sorry, uh, not SCG, uh, Card Kingdom and, thing, and TCG and stuff like that, and you want to shop locally because we're promoting LGSs, Check out Alpha Strike Gaming in St. Marcus. Uh, Micah did his first order a couple weeks ago. He was pretty happy. I still shop there frequently. I'm always happy with them. So, uh, yeah, uh, Micah, take us home. Yes, that will do it for this, the 91st episode of the MTG Untapped Podcast. What did you think about what we talked about this week? Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or at Facebook, MTG Untapped Podcast. And if you have any ideas for stuff you'd like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And please subscribe to the podcast, rate, and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We'd very much appreciate it. But this, that will do it for this, the 91st episode of MTG Untapped. We will be back with the next episode with our first thoughts on the Brothers War. I have been the Micah. He has been Costa. We'll see you next time. Later. Adios, muchachos.